The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Bible, go ahead and open it up to 1 Kings chapter 20. You can go ahead and grab your new song notes on the back side of those notes. You can follow along with me in the message this morning. We're in a series right now called Battles that we began last week. And we're talking about the fight for our life, right? That we're in a battle. We said last week that we're all in a battle. We need to recognize this. We need to understand it. And in this battle, we have an enemy. And the enemy is the worst being that has ever existed. And he hates you. <laughs> And he wants to kill, steal, and destroy you. And he's got plots and schemes and a plan to do just that. The good news is we have an ally in this battle, don't we? The ally is Jesus. He is our brother and he wants to come along and fight with us. But if we're going to have him in the battle with us, we have to invite him into it. He doesn't just go where he's not invited. So if we're going to fight this battle, we've got to invite uh, Jesus into the battle with us. If you missed last week, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that message. We laid a lot of groundwork in the series that we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks in that message, so make sure you check that one out. Uh, Today I want to talk to you about another extremely important aspect of the battle for our life that we need to see. And uh, and so we're going to start off in 1 Kings chapter 20. I'm going to read this to you and then I'll kind of explain what's going on and you'll see where we're going with this here in just a little bit. 1 Kings chapter 20, verse 39, it says this, Now as the king passed by, he cried out to the king and said, Your servant went out in the midst of the battle. Everybody say battle. Say it like you mean it, battle. And there a man came over and brought a man to me and said, guard this man. Everybody say, guard this man. If by any means he is missing, your life shall be for his or else you shall pay a talent of silver. Now let me explain because that may seem extremely confusing to you right now. There's a soldier who is in the middle of a battle and in this battle this commanding officer comes up to him. And this is a parable by the way, this isn't a true story, it's a parable that was taught in this, in this chapter here to help this king that was going the wrong direction to kind of figure some stuff out. But this, this commanding officer comes to this, uh, this soldier and says, I want you to guard this man. Now, in order to understand this fully, we have to understand the, the situation of the day. Battles in Bible times were crazy. Uh, they were loud. They were chaotic. I mean, it was... It was nuts. In fact, I, I was reading this week that in these battles, one of the ways that they would let their men know what to do was they would have these trumpets of war and they would have these shofars and these instruments of war that they would kind of blow into that would let their guys know what they needed to do next because their voices would not carry because there was so much noise going on during these battles. You've got you know, the clanging of the swords against shields and, and you've got uh, chariots and, and horse hooves pounding on the ground. You've got men who are engaged in hand-to-hand combat, probably screaming and yelling at each other and barking out orders. It was was noisy and it was chaotic. I mean, this is like, you know, you've seen movies like maybe Braveheart or even Lord of the Rings where you've got people and it's like these two big armies come together and they're fighting and it's hand-to-hand combat. And, you know, you've got a, you're fighting this guy, but you never know where another sword could be coming from. And so you're fighting this guy. As soon as you're done with him, you're going this, and you're just, it's just a fight for your life. It's chaos. And it's in the middle of that setting that this commanding officer comes to the soldier and says, hey, you have a new assignment and here's your assignment. You're going to guard this man. I want you to watch this man. I want you to, 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 to guard him. Now, what's interesting is that word guard there means this. It means to restrain, to preserve, to refrain. It means this. It means to hedge in with thorns. 
It's interesting to hedge in with thorns. So you kind of imagine like building a thorny hedge around someone to kind of keep this guy from, from being, being able to get away. If he tries to get away, he's going he's gonna to hit the sides of this hedge. It's gonna, the thorns are going to prick him. They're going to keep him in place. The idea is that you're going to build boundaries around him. You're going you're to cre- create some stuff that keeps this guy from getting away. And, and, and this guy says, if he gets away from you, the commanding officer says to the soldier, if he gets away from you, it's going to be your life for his. If he escapes, if this man that I've told you to guard, if he gets away, it's going to cost you your life, is what he tells him. And so what we're reading here is, is this man that was guarding the man uh, is calling out to a king as he passes by because, because something bad has happened. He has lost to the man. We'll pick it up in verse 40. It says this, He's talking to the king here. He's telling him the situation, and he tells him, I lost the man. He says, while your servant was busy here and there. Notice what happened. He got busy. He got busy. He just got, just got busy. While I was busy here and there, he was gone. In other words, he got away. Then the king of Israel said to him, so shall your judgment be. In other words, he says, what the commanding officer said is what's going to happen. Like, I'm not going to spare you from that. That's, that's your judgment. What he said was going to happen is what's going to happen. It's going to be your life for his. And then he, he says this at the very end. You yourself have decided it. He says, you knew the consequences. You knew what was at stake. He told you. He told you what was at stake here. He told you what was going to happen. He said, guard the man. And if you don't, you're going to lose your, your life for it. And so that's what's going to happen. This is on you. This is not anybody else's fault. This is on you. You had one job. You guys ever heard that before? You had one job. In fact, I, I had the guys pull some pictures for me. You've seen these one-job things before where somebody has like one job they're supposed to do and they don't do a good job of it. Here's some, some pictures of this. School, right? Not exactly what you had one job, dude. It was just get it right. All right, go to the next one, guys. Satap. You had one job. Go to the next one. Now, you see here the flooding... Typically, the drain is in the lowest spot, but not here. We raised it up a little bit. Go to the next one. I think this is the last one. You had one job, dude. It's Batman. You guys get that, right? It's Batman. You had one job. This is one of those, you had one job. Like, you had one thing you were supposed to be doing. But what happened? Well, it says, it says he got busy. Like us, like we do. We get busy. Life is busy, right? Anybody agree life is busy? Life is busy, man. Uh, home life, raising kids, going to school, uh, working a job, going to church. There's a, we have full schedules. Life is busy. And listen, I'm not saying that all busyness is bad. There's some busyness that's, that's good. We need to be busy. We need to be busy building the kingdom of God. We need to be busy raising our children and training them in the way they should go. We need to be busy building our marriage. We need to be busy with some of that stuff. But here's the, here's the point. We can't get so busy that we neglect the one thing. That's what happened with this guy. He got so busy here and there, so caught up in other stuff, that he neglected what the, the king told him to do. Now, let me kind of explain to you what I, what I believe we can learn from this story, who I think the roles are in this story. The king is a picture of Jesus, who one day we will stand before... And we will give an account for our life. Someday, all of us are going to sit at the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. And you're going to stand there and you're going to give an account for what you did with your life. I believe the commanding officer to me is a picture of the Bible. The the Bible that that clearly defines what's right and what's wrong. 
and what we should be doing with our life and the consequences and the blessings that can be attached to either doing things God's way or not doing things God's way. I believe the battleground in this story is a picture of the world that we live in today. Chaos. A lot of noise. A lot of distractions. A lot of things we can get caught up in. Amen? Uh, The man in this story obviously is, I think, a picture of us, men and women, students, whoever you are in here today is a picture of us. And the man that got away, here's what that is. I believe that's a picture of our heart. Our heart. And our heart, if we're not careful, if we don't hedge in and guard our heart, our heart can get away from us. Now, when I talk about your heart, I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about the physical muscle that pumps blood through your body. When I talk about your heart, really it's talking about your soul. Or uh, when you study it out, the, the Bible talks about it as being the seat of your appetites. Or your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's what I'm talking about. That's your heart. And, and what I think is important is that if we don't guard our heart, if we don't guard our soul like we're supposed to, it can begin to get away from us. And, and if we lo- listen, if you lose your heart... You're going to lose your life. Not, not necessarily you're going to drop dead, but that you're going to lose the things that are life to you. Your purpose, your calling, your children, your family. I, I've seen this far too often. Because people don't hedge in and protect what's valuable, protect the main thing, they lose their life. The Bible says this in Proverbs 4.23. It says, guard your heart. And again, the heart here is that soul. It's, it's your soul. It's your mind, your will and emotions, your seat, the seat of your appetites. Guard your heart above all else. Now check this out. For it determines the course of your life. Listen, your life is going in the direction of, of your appetites and your heart. And if you don't have some things in place to help you guard that, men, fathers, mothers, students, everybody in here, they can get away from you. And if it gets away from you, you can lose your life. You can lose the purpose God has for you, the plan he has for you, the things he wants to do in you, with you, for you. So important that we guard our heart. So I want, I want to show you three things that we can do. I think three aspects of guarding our heart. I want to get real practical with you today. I hope that's okay. We're going to talk about how to guard our heart in the world we live in today. This is a battle for our life. And we've got to guard our heart. So here's the first thing you're going to do. If you're going to guard your heart, you have to, number one, guard the gates. Guard the gates. Now, understand this. One of the great ways the enemy comes at you and attacks you in this battle is it's a battle for your mind. It's a battle for your thoughts. Uh, the devil wants to occupy your mind and take your thoughts captive. And he does this through the gates that lead to your mind. You realize your mind has access points. The gates are your eyes, your ears, and your mouth. These are gates. These are access points that that we are able to fill our mind through through what we see, through what we say, and through what we hear. What you're you're letting in is filling up your mind. And and so often what, what I see and what can be a problem for many people is we have no guard in place. We have no hedges in place for these gates and we just let anything in. We treat our mind like a freeway that just anybody can travel down. And, and, and you know the old saying, garbage in, garbage out. We find ourselves living in a garbage life because all we've done is we've meditated on garbage. We've allowed garbage in. We have these access points that we're just letting anything come in. And anything is doing damage to our life. That's why, that's why the Bible tells us we need to be intentional with our minds, our eyes, our ears, the things that we say with, with this stuff. It says in Philippians 4 it says, fill your minds. Notice you do this. 
God's not just going to fill your mind. You have to fill your mind. Fill your mind with those things that are true and good and right. Think about things that are pure and beautiful and respected. If anything is excellent, if anything is worthy of honor, think about those things. What are those things? That's the Word of God. That's also, listen, it's Jesus. That's really, when I read that verse, that's what I think about. Things that are pure, beautiful, respected, that's Jesus. Excellent, worthy of honor. Think on those things. That's Jesus. We need to be thinking about Jesus. We need to be thinking about Jesus in our life. You need to be guarding your, your, your mind by thinking about Jesus, protecting your mind from the things that try to come against you. Because what you watch, what you listen to, what you say is filling up your mind. There's a, there's a verse in Joshua chapter uh, 23 where God is talking to the children of Israel. These are his, his, uh, his people. They're, they're a picture in the Old Testament of who we are today as believers. And he's talking to them about and warning them against the culture of the day and against just letting themselves be a part of everything that's going on around them. He says this in verse 11. He says, now vigilantly. Everybody say vigilantly. Guard your souls. Now, your souls there, we're talking about your heart, right? That's, that's your heart. That's your mind. That's your will. That's your emotions. That's the seed of your appetites. Guard your souls. Love God. Love God. How do you love God? You obey God. You obey what his word says. Love God. You're God. Why? Because if you wander off and stop taking up with these remaining nations still among you, there'll be nothing but trouble to you. Here, here's what God is warning his people. Listen, there's a lot of people around you that aren't like you. They're not living like you. And I don't want you to get influenced by them. You need to be influencing them. We're called to be salt, light, love. We're called to, to be an influence to them, not to be influenced by them. And it says if you just let them influence you, if you just take up with what they're doing, it's going to be nothing but trouble to you. We've got to guard the gates of our life. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 10.5. It says we're to cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Everything that would come against you that would try to exalt itself over knowing God is what it's saying. It says uh, bringing every thought. Everybody say thought. thought. Bringing every thought into captivity. To the obedience of Jesus Christ. Here's what this verse is saying. We need to let Jesus and the word decide what we allow into our minds. What we're thinking about. That as we get thoughts, that we examine those thoughts against scripture. We examine those thoughts against what Jesus has to say. And if they go along with the word, if they go along with what Jesus says, then they can stay. But if not, we're going to run them out of our mind. We're not going to let that stuff stay in our mind because we're going to take our thoughts captive. We're going to do this. We're going to capture our thoughts. We're going to determine what we allow into our mind. Some of you really need to, to think about this today. I know it's a little bit of a sobering message, but I want you to understand this is a big deal. Garbage in, garbage out. Some of us really need to examine what we're, what we're doing. I'm not trying to be prude. I'm not trying to you know, be overly religious here, but I think we've got to ask ourselves some questions sometimes. Jesus is, is in us and with us. W would I watch this movie? Would I watch this show? If Jesus was sitting in the room, would I be okay with watching this? If Jesus was sitting in the car with me, would I be okay with listening to this song? If Jesus walked up on the conversation I'm having, would I, be, would I change the way I talk? I, I think we've got to examine. We've got to guard. We've got to guard our minds. We've got to guard ourselves against these things because it's going to affect you. And, and, and for some of you, I think there's some areas of your life where you may be dealing with some stuff. You may have some fruit in your life that you don't like. You don't like it. You struggle with fear. You struggle with anger. You struggle with lust. You struggle with envy. You struggle with 
these issues and you don't like that fruit. And the problem is you're allowing stuff in that's producing the fruit. The fruit is not the problem. The root is the problem. And if you'll deal with the root, it'll change the fruit. And so we've got to learn to guard our minds. The Bible says this, Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It says, for as he thinks within himself, so he is. What's going on in your heart is going to affect your life. What's in your heart is going to be in your hands. So you need to guard the gates. You need to guard the gates of your heart. All right? Here's the second thing you've got to fight for. You've got to guard in the culture that we live in today. You've got to guard your guard. Guard your guard. What do I mean by that? I mean this. Put up your dukes. You've got, you got, you got to stay on guard. Imagine that there is a guard that's watching over your life. You have to guard that the guard stays in place. You can't let the guard leave. You've got to keep your dukes up all the time. Remember we said last week, this is an everyday battle. It's every day. And yet it doesn't always feel like it, does it? There are some days we feel we're in the battle, right? It's obvious we're in the battle. But there are some days it's like, it doesn't feel like we're in the battle. And you've you got to realize that the enemy of your life, listen, he wants to come at you in those in-between times. Those times in between. In fact, it's interesting. If you begin to study scripture, you look at some of the great men and, and women of scripture, specifically men though. Men that, that were great warriors, great stories in the Bible. Most of them got hurt, got damaged, not in the obvious battle, in the fight where they were you know, in the war. That very rarely happened in Scripture. Most of them lost their life in the in-between times. When they weren't guarding themselves like they should. When they let their guard down because they didn't... See, the enemy wants you to believe that you're not in a fight so you can let your guard down. So he wants to convince you to kind of go to sleep. He'll sing you these lullabies to get you to drift into sleep. I think about people like Samson. Samson was incredible in the obvious battles of the Bible. The Bible talks about one time he took the jawbone of a donkey and killed a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. Yeah, dude was a bad man. Killed a thousand men. One time the Bible says a lion rose up against him to kill him, and he ripped it apart with his bare hands. Ripped it apart, the Bible says. Like this, he was pretty amazing in the obvious battles. But it was in the in-between times where he wasn't guarding. He, he didn't hedge in his heart like he should. And so he allowed things like pride to get in the way. He allowed things like lust to get in the way. And he lost the man and he lost his life because he wasn't guarding his heart. David, we talked about David last week, right? David was one of the greatest examples of a battle warrior in Scripture. And, and in the obvious battles, he was great about calling to God and looking to God. It was in the in-between times. It was in a time, the Bible talks about, that, that kings were supposed to go away to war, that he didn't go away to war. He stayed back. And he found himself with his guard down, walking around on his roof, not really doing what he's supposed to be doing. And he sees this woman taking a bath named Bathsheba. She's taking a bath because her name is Bathsheba. <laughs> and she was beautiful. And he began to look at her. And he kept looking at her. And he kept looking at her to the point that he was lusting for her, to the point that he had her brought to him. He had sex with her. She became pregnant to try to cover that up. He ended up, long story short, having her husband murdered. And, and he lost so much. He lost his anointing. He lost his, his family, he, he lost his life because he wasn't guarding his heart. See, see, here's what the devil wants to do. This is kind of a side note, but, but listen to me. God, God has an assignment for us. 
What happened is David wasn't doing the assignment God gave him, and so the enemy was able to give him a counterfeit assignment called Bathsheba. And if we're not careful, when we're not doing the assignment God's given us, we can buy into counterfeits, which can cause us to lose our life. My, my point is this. It happened in the in-between times. In the in-between times, when your guard was down. So here's what I want you to see this morning. Listen, there are no in-between times. We have to live with that mentality as believers in the world that we live in today. There are no in-between times. Our guard has to be up all the time. We have to have guards in place and things in place to protect us, to keep us from, from losing ourselves in anger, from losing ourselves in lust, from losing ourselves in the things of this world that will do damage to us, that will hurt us, that will hurt our families and our purposes and our callings. I, I was thinking this week about my family. My kids were at camp and, and they were coming home and you know, couldn't wait to see my two, my two oldest kids and just kind of reflecting on this message and them and how much I love my children, I love my family, and how I would do anything for them. And, and I'm sure there's lots of fathers like that in this room. We love our families. And, and, and if we're not careful, we get caught up in this idea of the world that, that in order for us to do what, what our kids need, we need to go you know, work extra hours and we need to you know, send them on vacations and buy them stuff. And that's how we really, we really bless our children. Listen, you want to give your children a gift? Give your children a pure father. That's the greatest gift I can give to my children, is a pure father. A father who has hedged himself in and protected him. If I'm a pure father, I can influence my kids. But also, if I'm not a pure father, I'm going to influence my kids with my sin. You know, your sin affects your family. The Bible talks about how the transgressions, the iniquities of the father are passed down to the third and fourth generations. Iniquities are inner sins. It's that sin that nobody knows about but you. That thing that you go to, that thing that you do, that thing that you struggle with, that you just kind of continue to allow to keep happening. And you think it doesn't really matter. It's just, you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying to fix it. I haven't quite got it figured out yet. But, I, I'll, you know, eventually I'll get around to it. I want you to know what that, that thing is affecting your family. And I've seen it firsthand. I've seen the effects that can happen if we don't hedge ourselves in and protect ourselves the way we should. If we don't protect our hearts, guard against the enemy infiltrating our hearts and getting us to wander off, we can lose our life. Sometimes losing your life means losing your family. I, I remember growing up, there was a man that was a part of the church and ministry I was a part of who was an uh, extremely influential, great man of God, at one point extremely anointed, but, but he began to drift he began to allow some things into his life and got caught up in some things, which eventually led him to, to embezzling money, to sleeping with prostitutes, to all sorts of stuff. And the sad thing is, not only did he lose his calling, he lost his ministry, but he lost his family. And his sons, he had these sons who completely went away from the Lord, have nothing to do with God, living lifestyles that are in complete contrast to the things of God. Why? Because he allowed sin into his life and it affected his family. I want you to see this is a big deal. We've got to guard our heart. I, I value my family. I value the calling that I have in this church. And so listen, I have some hedges in place, some thorny hedges in place in my life to protect me. I, I don't do anything on the internet that's not monitored by my wife and by some other people. Everything is monitored. My phone is completely accessible to my wife and to others. I come home every night, I sit my phone on the table... 
She knows the password. She can go anywhere she wants to on it. I never travel alone. If I travel somewhere away on, on business to do something for the church or whatever, I always take another guy with me. Uh, if I meet with a woman, it's never alone. If I talk, have texts or emails, I always copy my wife in it. I have all these things in place. If you go to my house, the TVs, the iPads, all those things, I don't know the password to them. <laughs> my kids will come up to me sometimes and be like, hey, Dad, can you let me on the iPad? And I'm like, go ask your mom. I don't, I don't know. You say, well, that sounds like really restricting. No, it's actually really freeing. You say, well, are, are you planning on doing something bad? No, I'm planning on not doing something bad. I have a plan in place to keep me from doing something bad. See, I realize something. I can't trust me. I can't trust the flesh. I can't trust that part of me. There's appetites in me sometimes that are against the things of God. And so I've put a hedge of protection around me to keep me from drifting because I value what God's given me. I value my wife. I value my marriage. I value this church. I value this calling. And if it, would, if it hurt some of the men in the Bible, who am I to think I'm better than them? So I put things in place. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, it says to be sober, be vigilant. <laughs> that means we need to be active. We need to be aware. We need to wake up. Wake up. Because your adversary, your opponent, the enemy, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking who he can devour. The Bible is looking for people who buy into the lie that there are in between times. He's looking for those people that are beginning to drift into sleep. And he'll come to you and he'll say, he'll sing you a lullaby and he'll say, you don't have to go to church this weekend. You've gone two weeks in a row. You're good. You don't need quiet time. That's just... Get up an hour early to have quiet time with the Lord. Like that's, you're just, that's works. You don't need that. You don't need, you don't need stuff in place to protect you from things on the internet and things in, that's, that's silly. That's, that's bondage. And what he does is he gets us slowly but surely. And it's in that moment, as we let our guard down, that he attacks us. We've got to be sober. We've got to be vigilant. You've got to wake up. Guard the gates. Guard the guard. Here's the third thing. You've got to guard against isolation. Guard against isolation. The devil, his playground is isolation. The devil works in isolation. Notice that verse we read, 1 Peter 5, 8. It says, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Okay, it's interesting it says that he's like a roaring lion. I've studied lions a little bit and, and learned that lions, most of the time when they hunt, uh, they don't do it by roaring because they're trying to be stealth as much as they can. They want to sneak up on their prey as often. But there is an occasion where they will use roaring as a tactic for, for attacking or, or going after something. And here's what they do. Uh, a pride of lions will sit in the, in the brush outside of a, a herd of gazelle or zebra or antelope, whatever it is, and they'll, they'll sit there quietly, hiding, waiting, and they're looking for something. Here's what they're looking for. They're looking for one of those animals who begins to isolate itself, just gets busy here and there, busy here and there, just, just chewing, just eating, just kind of drifting away, and they watch and they wait for it, and when they see it, they begin to to go into position. And one of the lions will, will set itself up opposite of the other lions who will kind of try to get between that animal and, and the herd. And, and he'll set himself up in such a way that, that they can 
cause this animal to fall into a trap. And here's what they'll do. All of a sudden, once they're all in place, that one lion will let out a big roar and he'll make himself known. And when he does, that animal panics and begins to run directly into those other animals, those other lions, and he gets ripped and shredded. But what, what was the problem? Here's the problem. It isolated itself. That animal began to isolate. Just got busy, just kind of wandered off, just started to drift a little bit away from the rest of the herd. See, the enemy works in isolation, but God, listen, God works in community. That's how God works. He created us for community. Realize something. God created you to need other people. He created you that way. When when we see the, the story of mankind being created and Adam is set in the Garden of Eden, that he's set there and God looks at him in this perfect garden. There's no sin. Eve is not created yet. Not that she had, I'm not saying that. Anyway. But there's no sin. He's in a perfect place. He has a perfect relationship with God. And God looks at him in that setting and says, it's not good. He says, it's not good that man is alone. Now think about that. He's not alone. There's animals. And beyond that, he has a relationship with God, a perfect relationship with God. Think about what God's saying here. It's not good. God God is saying it's not good enough to just have a relationship with me. That's what the Bible tells us. We need other people. You need other people in your life. You need other people that you can lean into. You need other people that you can call on. You need other people that can call you out on your junk. You need other people that know where you're weak, that you can lean into. You need other people that can can lift you up. You need other people that can speak freely to you. Man, I want to encourage you to be at our tribe night. Man, we're going to be talking about this very idea. See, one of the things I see in the world that that bothers me sometimes is there's this idea, especially in the church world sometimes, that if you're a man and you're struggling, you just got to man up. And and listen, there is a side of like manning up in the things of God, strengthening ourselves in God. But listen, I think sometimes the bigger issue is that we don't have the guts to say, hey, man down. I'm down. I need help. I can't figure this out on my own. I I need someone else to lean into. We all need that. Whether you're a man, woman, child, teenager, whatever, wherever you find yourself in here, you need people around you. People that you can go to and say, hey, you know, I'm struggling in this area of my life. People who can, who will walk up to you and call you out and say, hey, I've noticed that you gossip and you need to get that figured out. That's not going to help you. That's going to hurt you. You're causing division. The Bible talks about that being a big deal. And you get all offended at them. You really should be grateful that they're willing to call you out on your junk. You people in your life that you can go to and you say, man, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with pornography. I'm struggling with lust. I need some help. Would you be someone that I can, I can lean into? Can, can you, would you be my accountability partner? Would you be someone that can help me monitor what's going on in my life that I can meet with on a regular basis? Can, can, I, can I trust in you? Can you be a community that I can work with? We need these people in our life. We need others. I struggle with gossiping. I struggle with anger. I struggle with fright. Where do you struggle? Listen, we talked last week about how you have to understand the enemy of your life so you can defend yourself against the enemy. You need to understand where you struggle. You need to understand where you tend to wander. You need people that you can count on to help you in those areas. It's so important. We've got to guard against isolation. Godly relationships promote healing and protection. In fact, the Bible says this, James 5, 16, it says, confess your trespasses or sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Realize this, you confess to God for forgiveness. 
but you confess, this, this verse tells us we confess to others to find healing or freedom. And some of you have confessed, you've gone to the Lord, you've asked for forgiveness, but you just can't seem to get over some of the stuff you're dealing with. And the problem is you haven't been able to go to other people and confess it so that you can receive the healing and the freedom that God has for you. We've got to fight against isolation. We've got to guard against isolation. Listen, New Song Church, every man, every woman, every person in this room, under the sound of my voice, one of the great battles of our life is the battle for our heart. It's the battle against the flesh. It's the battle for our souls, for our mind, our will and emotions. It's the battle against those, those appetites that go against what the Word of God has to say. And, it, and if we lose this battle, we can lose our life. We can lose the things that we value, the things that we love, the things that God has purpose for us to have. So we've got to hedge ourselves in. We've got to hedge ourselves. We've got to build some of these hedges, some boundaries into our life to help us hedge in the flesh, to hedge ourselves in so that we don't wander off and lose what matters the most in this life. You know, I, I think back to the beginning of the story, this guy who lost the man. He wasn't a bad guy. He was a busy guy. He was just busy. And, and he didn't have a plan. And since he didn't have a plan, he didn't plan on things that happened but they did happen. Just like we don't plan on having an affair. No one plans on having an affair. They don't plan on having a gambling addiction or a pornography addiction. We don't plan on our, our marriage drifting apart and after our kids leave the house, we get a divorce. We don't, we don't plan on that. We don't plan on not going to church for six weeks. We don't plan on never having a quiet time. We don't plan on being the biggest gossip. We don't plan on these things. And, and therein lies the problem. We don't have a plan. And since we don't have a plan, things happen. We slowly but surely begin to drift. There's no hedges in place, and so we drift. And next thing you know, we're looking at our life and going, how did I get here? How did I get here? How, did, how am I finding myself doing this? I never thought it would come to this. How did I get here? It didn't happen in one big step. It happened in a lot of little compromises along the way. And it happened because there was no hedge in place. Church, we got to guard our heart. We got to guard our heart. Men, we got to guard our heart. Moms, we got to guard our heart. Kids, you got to guard your heart. Man, I wish I would have heard this message when I was a teenager. Because you've heard me talk about it before. In my teenage years, I got into pornography and I got addicted to it. And it had a hold on my life and it dominated my life. And I remember there was a season in my life I'd go to bed every night. And I feel like the lowest dog on the planet. I knew Jesus loved me. I knew he died on the cross for my sins and made a way. But man, I kept messing up multiple times. Today, I go to bed. I can lay my head on my pillow with freedom in my heart. Why? Because I've hedged myself in. That sounds like bondage. Sounds like bondage to you. It looks like freedom to me. I'm telling you, God has something way better for you. We gotta guard the man. We gotta guard the gates, guard the guard, guard against isolation. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning? I know it's Father's Day and I don't know what you were expecting, but you come to New Song, you probably learned by now. You never know what to expect. <laughs> I know this message is challenging and I hope it is 
Listen, fathers, I see the role that God has placed on your life. It's a big role. It's a big deal. We need men to step up. And one of the ways we step up is by being willing to lay down our pride and say we need some help. I encourage you, really want to encourage you to be at tribe night, men. Do everything you can to be there. Doesn't mean by coming you're, you're you know, admitting that you have all these issues. This means that you're coming because you live in a tough world and you need other people around you that you can lean into. And I'm excited about what we're going to do in this church. We're going to build a new culture of men's ministry in this church that I believe is going to be impactful. So make sure you're here. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you today in this message? Maybe there's some areas of your life you're recognizing you need to make some changes in. Maybe there's some shows you're watching, some things that you're letting in through the gates that you gotta, you got to shift. You realize God's calling you to shift. You need, you, you need to change this stuff. Maybe you've, you, you, sometimes you let your guard down. You find yourself doing really good for a while, and then you slip up, and it's because you're, you're not staying in that place of keeping your guard up. Maybe you're here today, and you're one of the people that comes into the church, and you come in, and you sit down, and as soon as church is over, you leave, and you have no relationship with anybody else. You're completely isolated. Let me just tell you, you need people in your life. I encourage you to step out. If you're here today, and, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I would love to pray with you today about that, if that's you. Uh, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today, you don't know that you're right with God, you don't know that if you died today where you would go, you, you feel like you and God are not you know, where you should be, if that's you today, every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, if that's you today, would you, I'm not gonna embarrass you, I'm not gonna call you up here in front of everybody, I would just love to know, I'd love for you to acknowledge that before me so that we can pray with you, so I can we're all going to pray together if that's you today. So if you're here today, you'd like to make Jesus the Lord of your life. I promise I'm not going to embarrass you. Just lift up your hand, put it right back down where I can see. Just put it up, put it right back down. If that's you today, you'd like to make Jesus the Lord of your life. If you're not sure if you're right with God and you want to know that when you leave today, you are right with God. If that's you, just slip your hand up, slip it right back down. If that's you this morning. All right, New Song Church, would you stand with me? I'm going to invite our altar ministry team down at this time. If you have a prayer need of any kind in your life today, maybe God is calling you to come down this morning and to confess to someone else something that you're struggling with. Could be anything. Could be you're struggling with anger. Could be you're struggling with envy. Could be you're struggling with gossiping. Could be you're struggling whatever it may be. But but you recognize today God is calling you to to go and to to confess that to somebody else so that he can bring some freedom to you. I really believe, just like we we talk about, if you're sick, we want you to come down and receive healing. Some of you have some sickness and some different kind of sickness inside of you. And I believe that as you come down, that there's going to be a new level of freedom that you're able to walk into simply by coming forward and saying, hey, I struggle with gossiping. I recognize that today. If that's you, any kind of issue of any kind, listen, we all need prayer. Coming down here doesn't mean you're worse than anybody else. It actually means you're, 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 submitted and you are we're proud of you okay so I want to encourage you if you have an issue of any kind today we'd love to pray for you today don't leave this place with a burden don't leave this place with an issue that you're struggling with so here in just a moment we're going to go back into a song as we're singing this song if you need prayer come down in fact even now you can come down if you'd like to come down Lord we love you we praise you we thank you for this word today we thank you for fathers we thank you for the importance of fathers I thank you Lord for helping us to guard 
our life, to guard our heart, to guard this man, this person, this, this woman, this student, whoever that guard, help us to guard ourselves so that we don't drift away, so that we don't get away, so we don't lose ourselves and lose our life. Lord, we know you've got big plans for us, big purposes for us. Help us to put the guards in place that help us to protect ourselves so we can walk in the fullness of the life you've called us to. I pray this morning, Lord, if there's people in this room, Lord, that need to confess uh, a problem or an issue in their life, Lord, you give them the boldness to step forward and step out and do that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.